Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Obviously, all of the Supercoach positions and prices came out yesterday, and last night we dove into the hookers and the front row forwards. Today we're going to dive into the second row forwards, along with all the rest of the positions over the next 24 hours. Now, I had a couple of messages last night, early this morning, about, um, you know, just asking, are you talking about classic, are you talking about draft? Look, I'm trying to cover both at the same time, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm just looking at these, my live reaction. It's the first time I'm looking at all these, same as when you guys a look at it and I'm just giving going down player by player and probably going through the top 50 or so who I think's relevant who I think is going to be um, falling down the waiver a little bit who's going to be off the mark who's going to be exploding this year I'm looking at the cheaper guys in classic I'm looking at the draft target so I'm doing a bit of both so sorry if it's a little bit confusing uh, but I want to cover both because I know that I've got so many draft fans I've also got a lot of classic players uh, I'm the first to admit I'm more of a draft player but I've got a pretty good understanding of classic I'm not as good as a lot of you guys out there and because of that I, I've I've gone and I've seeked out uh, help with Classic this year so I've got a, a lot of my keen followers that have done really well in Classic over the last few years that are coming on to help out in 2021 I've also got uh, the boys uh, Timmy Williams from the Supercoach Playbook he comes and helps out I think he's probably the best in the business if you haven't checked out their podcast uh, Supercoach Playbook, they are sensational. Go and check them out. I think it's the best Supercoach content in the game by far and away. Timmy finished second overall. Not 200th, not 2,000th, number two overall in 2020. So that was incredible for him uh, and for the Supercoach Playbook. So definitely, if you're looking for your Supercoach content, head over there. Um, But this morning, I'm going to dive into the second row forwards. Obviously, you have to pick six of these guys. Uh, so it's a huge pool of guys to choose from. So I'll kick off from the very start. Cam McInnes comes in at number one here. Uh, his price, oh, sorry, when I say he comes in at number one, he's got the highest price. So Cam McInnes, he's coming in at 
$676,000. He's obviously hooker slash second row forward. Now, Cam McInnes, as I mentioned last night on the Hooker podcast, I'm a little bit worried about him, to be honest with you. Um, I think that Ben Hunt's the best hooker at the club. I think Jack Bird will play 13. It just worries me where McInnes could land. There's signs that they might be going for Billy Magulius too, who's another 13. So I'm a little bit worried about Cam McInnes. He's obviously the captain of St. George. He's always going to play a critical role, but I'm not sure where he's going to fit into this side. It might mean that he plays less minutes. If he does, especially for your draft comps, you're going to have to get Cam McInnes pretty early. I will not be going near Cam McInnes this year as a hooker or a second row forward. I think there's too much danger in it. In Classic, you can maybe wait to see uh, how it goes during the year, then grab him. But I think he's already pretty expensive. I don't think... I, I wouldn't have Cam McInnes in my plans in Draft or Classic this year, to be honest with you. Um, number two on the list, 670000 Angus Crichton. I think he will improve next year. I think Angus Crichton is one of the best back rowers in the game. And I think that average, it's a little bit down. There was two years ago where I picked him to be the third overall scorer and he went nowhere near it. I'm not sure if he made the top 100. It was a very odd season for him at the Roosters, but last year he showed what he's made of. Angus Crichton is an absolute superstar. He is super coach gold. I picked him up in 2016 or 17. The year exploded for South Sydney. I got him off the waiver wire a few weeks later. He started to play and he absolutely killed it. He is a superstar. Uh, He's only second row forward, but I'm telling you, he will be the best second row forward in the game next year, in my opinion. He's an absolute star, Angus Crichton. He's got huge upside, and I absolutely love this guy. I would be making him a priority. I think he's probably a uh, top... 12, maybe 15 player in Supercoach next year. And I think you can get a bit of value out of him on draft. I think he might slip a little bit. Um, anyone that you know is keen on them, on him, tell him, you know, oh, there's no Kyle Flanagan. They don't know who his halfback's going to be. You try and sell Angus Crichton down as far as you can. I think you can get really good value there. Uh, the next man is Ryan Madison, 666,000. One of my favorites for a long time. Another guy that I had a few years ago when he made it to the West Tigers and he was an absolute star. He averaged 75 last year and uh, him and Moses, I think they're just starting to get used to each other. So I think he's got plenty of upside. He's a guy that I think he'll hold at 75. Absolute worst. I think he's going to average about 70 at absolute worst. I really like Maddo. And I think his, his combination with uh, Mitch Moses that everyone was tipping to be unbelievable last year, it wasn't that great. And I mean, here he is sitting on 75. I think he can only go up. Maddo, I really like him. Jason Tamalolo comes in at number three, 641,000. Average 72 last year. Probably a little bit low for him. Um, it It'll be interesting to see what Todd Payton does with him. I mean, personally, I would be playing him in the front row and for less minutes, uh, but he's just let go of Johnny Asiata, so that probably tells me that maybe Taumalolo stays at 13. Um, I would be a little bit hesitant on Taumalolo this year, and I know a lot of you will laugh and call me crazy, but I'd wait and see what Todd Payton does with him. I think more and more coaches are starting to realize that you're paying harsh to Taumalolos. They can make 1,000 meters. They can do the job of two forwards, but it doesn't directly correlate to results. And I think that's the hard lesson the Cowboys are slowly learning. I've been saying it for a while. You're better off with like a Victor Radley at 13 or a Cam Murray, one of these guys. Tom Lolo, his stats are unbelievable. They're great for super coach. I'd be a little bit hesitant on him this year, to be honest with you. And I think that now, especially with your, like your Payne Haas's, your Tom Lolo's that normally go in that top five or six on draft day in a draft comp, I think they slip down a little bit. 
the rules, they are now pointed more towards your high-ceiling players. So I'd be prioritizing like a Kalen Ponga over these guys, a Nathan Cleary, a James Tedesco, a Tom Travojevic, a Cam Munster, potentially a Harry Grant. So I think they've all slipped down the list a little bit for me. Coming in at number five, Tavita Pangai Jr. I spoke about him last night. He's dual position, front row, second row forward. I'm very hesitant on this guy. I want to see how it unfolds first. I'm not convinced that he's not over his brain explosions and spending time in the sidelines and doing stupid shit, essentially. So I'm steering clear of Tavita. I think he's a little bit too expensive anyway. Uh, Tohu Harris averaged 69 last year. I think um, Tohu is just... I don't think he's going to get worse. I don't think he's going to get better. I think he's just going to hold. I think he'll be a 70-point second row forward. Um, I really love Tohu Harris. I think he's one of the most consistent players in the comp, and I think he'd be a great pick. I mean, there might be guys you can get with better value. There might be other guys with more upside, but I think he's a really safe pick this year, Tohu Harris. Um, Isaiah Yo, big talking point here, loses his center wing, which really hurts all super coach teams, especially classic sides. And if you had him in draft last year, Absolute gold mine there. He comes back to just second row forward. Average 70 last year in a career high year. Interesting to see if he can back it up. I'm tipping the Penrith Panthers. They come back to the crowd a little bit this year. I don't think they'll be as good as they were in 2020, uh, which is no shock there. They were one hell of a side. They lost one game all season in the regular season. They won 17 in a row or whatever it was. Uh, so, I mean, I don't think that's an overly hot take, but... I do think that this guy maybe comes back to the field just a little bit. I still think he'll average at least 65, and in the second row, that's fantastic. But obviously, last year, you could plug him at center wing, and that was just, you know, that 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 was our Super Bowl, essentially. That was massive. Uh, the next guy is Cam Murray, and he's his average for last year was 67.7. He lost a lot of his attacking stats last year because Wayne Bennett messed around with him where he was playing him, I think. I think people are starting to realize Cam Murray, he's got 13 tattooed on his forehead. He needs to be playing lock. When he's playing lock, I'm confident he can average 70 points. I think he's a really solid pick. I think he's a little bit cheaper this year. I, I think he, his price will go up. He's obviously not a mid-range cheapie or a cheapie or anything, but Cam Murray's a guy I really like this year. Uh, Pat Carrigan comes in next. He's, his value is 591700 Average 68 last season. Uh, I'm not sure how Paddy Carrigan's going to work this year. He obviously played a lot of footy in the in, in Jersey 13 last year, a lot of minutes. I think Kevin Walters will share it around a little bit. The main thing that worries me about Paddy Carrigan is that Johnny Asiata has walked into this building, so it'll be interesting to see how he's used. I probably wouldn't be going Pat Carrigan. Um, I'd be a little bit hesitant on him to see how the Broncos use um, use their pack. The other thing is Tavita Pangai Jr. missed a lot of footy last year. He's going to walk back into this team as well. So there are a few changes there. Pat Carrigan, he's one that I want to sit and watch, to be honest with you. Uh, Jake Travojevic comes in at number 10, 582,000. Average 65 last season. Uh, not a great year for Manly. Missed out on a lot of attacking stats. I think you'll get a lot of them back next year, but I don't think he's ever going to get back to that, you know, 75-point average super coach goat that he was a few years ago. I think Jake's sort of taking a bit of a backwards step with his game. He's um, In saying that, Adam Fanua Blake has left, so there will be guys that will have to step up, but I just think Jake Trevojevic, he's leveled out his game a little bit, and he's not as super coach friendly as what he used to be. I do think Desi Hazel's got something to do, it, to do with it. I haven't have it, had him in draft for the last few years, so I haven't watched him super closely, but I don't think he's going to return to that superstar super coach player that we've seen in previous years, but still... 
I think he's going to be a top 40, maybe top 30 uh, point scorer realistically. So he's still a really solid player there. Uh, Nathan Brown, a guy I've been talking about for a long time. This season, he finally played some decent minutes. He averaged 65. Comes in the next season at 580 grand. Um, I think a lot of guys will overlook him, and I really like him, Nathan Brown. It's always a pump with injury and whatnot. And when you take him in draft, it is always a big worry. But when he does play minutes, I mean, this is a guy that can score 70 you know, without an offload, without a tackle break. He's just an absolute workhorse. I'm a big fan of Nathan Brown. Uh, the next man on our list, probably the most interesting second rower heading into season 2021, is David Fafita. Just second row forward, comes in at 569000 We've seen what he did at the Broncos. On his day, he is an absolute juggernaut. If he gets half an opportunity at any point during a game, it means that he scores 100 normally. And the thing I'm most excited about is that he's got Ash Taylor and Jamal Fogarty. These are two halves that genuinely know how to use edge back rowers. There hasn't been a half in the Brisbane Broncos system the entire time David Fafita has been there that has any fucking clue how to use him. So I'm really excited to see him in this system. I think you'll see more attacking players, and I think you'll see David Fafita put into more opportunities where he can actually utilize his skill, size, and speed. I'm really excited for him. I think his average will go up past 64. I think he'll be a 75 average player, so he's going to go up by 10. There's a little bit of money to be made there, but I think he's close to a must-have, to be honest with you. Um, I can't see him not playing 80 minutes on an edge in this Gold Coast Titans system. I'm really excited for David Fafita next year. Uh, Josh McGuire, we spoke about him last night, another dual position guy. Uh, I think a lot of his points came when Taumalolo was out. Once Taumalolo Lolo returns. I'm a little bit worried about Maguire. He's also a year older, of course. Uh, Tyson Brazell, first time seeing him with the night symbol next to him. I really like it. I think this is a really good signing. Super coach wise, I mean, he averaged 62 last year in a pretty bang average attacking side. I really do think Tyson Brazell is going to break out at the Newcastle Knights. I think he's going to be a sensational signing. I think he's going to make a big difference there. I think they will make the top eight next year off the back of this signing. I think it's massive. Um, I haven't actually worked it out yet what position he'll be playing. If he's playing on the left edge for the Newcastle Knights, he is an absolute must-have. He'll be a bargain there, and he will explode outside Caelan Ponga. If he's playing on the right edge, I'm a little bit more worried. If he's playing 13, I don't hate it either. I think his stocks go up regardless arriving at the Newcastle Knights, but if he happens to land on that left edge, which would probably seem unlikely at the moment, but if he does land on that left edge, my God, he is a must-have, and he should shoot up all of your draft rankings. Uh, the next man is Jazz Tavunga. He's just second row forward. Wow, he's lost hooker. I didn't notice that last night. Okay, so Jazz, just second row forward. The thing that worries me about Jazz this year is that um, Lawton got injured the other day. He's out for the season, so it means that Jazz could potentially spend a bit of time at hooker. Nathaniel Roach has left as well from the New Zealand Warriors, so it just leaves him with Wade Egan. I think Jazz will end up playing some 13. I don't think Wade Egan is an 80-minute man they can rely on. So it means that Jazz probably, he he potentially could spend time at 13 and at hooker. I think he'd probably have a spell during games, though. And playing at hooker, he's not going to get as many offloads. He's not going to get as many runs. And I think he still makes as many tackles as Locke as he does at nine. So for me, my stocks are probably a little bit down on Jazz, especially seeing he's lost his dual position. That used to be massive in draft comps. When you got desperate, you could grab Jazz. And, of course, he is very injury-prone. Um, and I'm hearing he's going to leave the Warriors at the end of this season. So, I mean, if it does come down to giving Wade Egan more experience or playing Jazz there, they are going to probably side with Wade Egan. So, Jazz, he's probably a miss for me this year. 
Uh, Joseph Tapane, 548,000. Tapane, sorry, 548,000. I think this is pretty good value here, to be honest with you. He finished last year with an average of 61.9. He's a guy with huge upside. He looks like he's about to explode for the Canberra Raiders. If he didn't already last year, realistically, really like Joey Tapanay next season. Uh, Luciano Leilua, 544,000, average 61.5 last year. This is one of my success stories that I came up with last year. I thought Leilua was fantastic. He got moved to the left edge outside Luke Brooks. The one advantage for Leilua is that Luke Brooks is still there. If he was on the other edge and Benji had left, it would be a major worry. He did have a nice little connection with um, Harry Grant as well on that edge when, when Grant made his way over there. But the one thing for Leilua that I do like is that Brooksy's still there. They've still got that combination. I don't think he'll go as well as last year. He did rely on attacking stats a lot of the time. He's a, his score sort of fluctuated a little bit. I think the Tigers are going to be worse in 21 than they were in 2020. So Leilua probably drops down a little bit for me. But a big advantage having Brooks staying there, as I said. Uh, Mitch Barnett's just second row forward this year. 543,000. Average 61 last year. Barnett could be the big loser of Tyson Frizzell arriving there. This Newcastle Knights back row, I'd be very careful who I'm going to draft and who I'm going to pick until I see how it all works out. You've got a number of mouths to feed there, and I'm not sure how it's going to go. Herman SASA is obviously left, so that helps the cause. But you've got Fitzgibbon, Frizzell, Barnett. I think there's a couple others there that I can't remember. I guess Sione Matauzzi is left as well, so it's probably not as bad as I'm thinking. Barnett's a guy that I really like, though. Um... Yeah, if he gets good minutes, I don't think he'll drop below an average of 60. Barnett's a really good little footballer. Uh, Adam Elliott, 541,000. Little smoky here. He's probably going to fly under the radar. I thought he was playing his absolute best footy last year in the 13 jersey. I thought he was sensational, Adam Elliott. He was right up there with Victor Radley as the best 13 in the game on form last year. I think he's going to be even better under Trent Barrett. They've got a couple of more strike weapons in this side. I'm really excited for Adam Elliott. I think he's going to have a big season. Season in 2021. He's a guy that I like. Um, I'm not sure if he's like a mid-range cheapie. I'm not sure if he's going to go up massively, but I think he's going to hold at least a 60 average, which is fantastic. Uh, Viliami Kikau. Geez, crazy to think Kikau and Adam Elliott averaged the same last year. Kikau, I mean, he is a fantastic juggernaut player. I had him in my draft team last year. It was sensational. But, I mean, if he's not scoring tries, he's scoring 30 points. So you, if, if you're going to get on the kick-out train for draft teams, you need to be prepared that he's going to have games where they're going to be up by 30 and he's going to get a little bit lazy and he's not going to get involved, which happened quite often. Yeah, there's kick-out is a fantastic footballer. He's never really got back to his base stats that he had in that first season where he really exploded onto the scene. He can get a little bit lazy. Jerome Lloyd doesn't use him perfectly either, in my opinion. Um, he doesn't place him where he needs to be put. He doesn't square him up against the right sort of people. But Kikau is just big enough and damaging enough to be able to counter that most of the time. Kikau, you, you're going to get exactly what you're going to get. You're going to get a 60 average where some weeks it'll be 100, some weeks it'll be 30. It'll very rarely be 60 on the dot, I guarantee you. This is the sort of footballer he is. But he is on that edge that's a massive strike weapon with Luai himself. Stephen Crichton and whoever the wing is going to be. Obviously, Joshy Mansell's leaving. But just with Crichton, I'm just not sure if that edge can get any better than last year. I don't think it's all going to come as easy to the Panthers as it did in 2020. So I'm a little bit hesitant on kickout. I will not be drafting him, and I will not be going near him in Classic either. Curtis Sirinan comes in at 536,000 with an average of 60 last year. 
Um, I think Ciro probably holds this. I don't see much changing for Sirenan, to be honest with you. Same as Sean Lane, uh, average 59, just under 60. I don't see much changing for him. He's coming in at 528,000. Neither of these two overly stand out to me. They won't be targets. If they are sitting there, you know, at good value in your draft comp, you could do much worse than to grab these two. Uh, Matty Eisenhuth spoke about this guy last night. Dual position, going to be a sensation if he gets an opportunity. He's probably a little bit far down the pecking order to be in classic. He's definitely too far down the pecking order. Draft, he's a fantastic guy for your bench. Same as James Fisher-Harris, we spoke about him last night. I don't see him getting better, to be honest with you. Uh, Raymond Vitale Mariner, this is a guy we haven't spoken about yet. Um, I don't know how on earth Dean Pay kept this guy out of the team for so long, but talking to Kyle Flanagan the other day on my podcast, Trent Barrett, he is looking to have a more attacking team in 2021. This guy will be at the front and center. I really like Raymond Vitale Mariner. He's a guy that I always like to get in my teams. I think I'll be trying to go for him again in 2021. I really like him. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Alex Twole, dual position, a fantastic guy to have here. I think his numbers will go up a little bit, to be honest with you, with the with Josh Alloyer leaving the building, a couple of young guys coming through. Really like Twole. Uh Eli Katoa, I've compared him to um I've compared him to Ali Lawatiti a lot. I really like this kid. I'm really excited about him. Comes in at five hundred thousand with a fifty seven average. Had a couple of injury uh riddle games last year. Came came off the bench quite a bit. I think he's a 62, 63 point average player. So there's a bit of money to be made there. Not a heap, but a bit of money. He's a guy that I would be going a little bit overs for when it comes to draft leagues. The other thing about him that I really love is he's got two halves that know how to use him, in particular Cody Nicarima. He's low-key one of the best guys at standing up his man, squaring up the line and creating space for his back rower. He knows how good this Katoa is and he uses him really well. Uh, Tino, another dual position, front row forward, second row forward. Spoke about him last night. Uh, He'll be an interesting watch. I mean, he's going to lose some attacking stuff without Cam Smith, but he will gain more minutes. So you can weigh that up for yourself. Britton Nakora from the Cronulla Sharks. This is a no-go for me. Britton Nakora loses Sean Johnson outside him. That'll be, sorry, inside him. That'll be a big loss for him. He leveled out a little bit last year. Average 56, which considering I thought that was a reasonably low season for him, it's pretty impressive. But without Sean Johnson on that right edge, it's a no-go for me. Uh, if Matty Moylan's playing 5'8 and he's on that right edge, you know how much I love Moylan, but Nakora... I, I don't think he's going to reach the same heights that he did in his first season, to be honest with you. I don't see him getting near a 60-point average. I think he'll be 55, 56 around that mark, which is still solid, uh, but I think he can do better. Sam Stone, uh, 494,000, so we're under 500K now. Sam Stone from the Gold Coast Titans. I didn't really get to see much of this kid play, to be honest with you. I'm not sure where he lands from memory. His average is bumped. He only played nine games, and I think he scored a couple of tries in one game, and some of them were pretty lucky tries from memory. I could be wrong, but for me, I don't think he's a 55-point average guy. I don't think he'll reach those same heights. There's a couple of really good forwards walking into that system, and I don't think Sam Stone's going to be able to hold a spot. Uh, Luke Garner, under 500K again, 494, average 55 last year. This is a guy that you need attacking stats from. Personally, I don't think... 
the West Tigers are going to score enough points for this guy to be overly relevant. He will sc- still score tries. He's, he's got a knack of finding the line, but without Benji, I'm leaving Luke Garner. I don't want anything to do with him. Brandon Smith, second row forward slash hooker. Spoke about him last night. Um, I think you'll get more of the same. You might get a little extra out of Brandon Smith. He's going to be leaving at the end of the year. He'll have a point to prove. Uh, he'll be playing for a contract as well. He'll be trying to add as many zeros to his contract as he can wherever he goes. I think you'll get about the same out of Brandon Smith realistically this year. Uh, Dale Finucane, I think you'll get the same out of Dale as well. 55 points or so. I think he's really solid there. 486,000. Sifatalakai, how good he's got center wing. Okay, Sifatalakai, second row slash center wing. The first one, and it's taken 34 players, which is a bit upsetting. Supercoach has got a little bit more difficult here. Now, this guy is an absolute superstar. He's grown up in the same area as me. I watched him play junior footy coming through. Uh, he's got so much ability, it's not ever even funny. And he's one of these explosive sort of footballers. So to have him in the back row for the Sharks and to be able to play him at center wing in Supercoach is fantastic. Love Sivitalica. I think he's unders there at 485. I think he'll make 100K plus, And I think he can average around the 60-65 mark if he finds a spot that he plays really good minutes in. I'm not sure how it's going to line up for him, but I think this kid is playing so well that Johnny Morris has to find a 50-plus minute um, spot for this kid. He is just a sensation. Liam Martin, I thought he'd be a little bit higher. 485K, an average of 54.8. We saw Capewell return and Liam Martin held on to his spot. Um, I really like Liam Martin. I think he's got a mortgage on that spot. If you're playing outside Nathan Cleary on the right edge, that is fantastic real estate. I think Liam Martin could go up again next year. I think he'll be about a 60-point second rower. This is a kid I really like. I, I think he's not far away from playing Origin. I love this kid. Kevin Proctor, 482,000, 54-point average. Um, I think you'll get the same out of Kevin Proctor. I don't think there'll be much movement there. I think he's solid. But there's a lot of guys I'd be going before Kev Proctor. Uh, Nelson Asafa, we spoke about him last night. Second row forward slash front row forward. Um, I mean, Tino's leaving. There's going to be more opportunity there. He's uh, He scored a lot of tries off Cameron Smith, as I mentioned last night. So interesting to see if his connection with Harry Grant is as good as Cam Smith. Um, I think... He would probably go... Oh, jeez, I don't know. He's probably going to see more footy because there's no Tino there, but he's probably going to go down attacking stats because his, his combo with Cameron Smith was just unbelievable last year. And I think that now, without Tino there, he'll be the biggest body on the field and teams will have eyes on him instead of having eyes on him and Tino. So I probably think Nelson goes down a little bit, to be honest with you, but he could go up and I wouldn't be shocked in the slightest. Next man's Jai Arrow, obviously arriving at South Sydney. Finished last year with a 53 average. He is a better averaging player than that. He's, you know, 474,000 is fantastic for Jai Arrow. Personally, I don't think he's going to be as good as at South Sydney. I don't think he's the buy that everyone's telling me he's going to be. I'm not sure how he's going to fit into this squad. And let's be honest here, he is a forward going to South Sydney. Wayne Bennett, he loves to kill our super coach forwards. So Jai Arrow, I think people are getting overexcited about him. He's probably good value there, but I wouldn't be surprised if he never ticks over 600K, to be honest with you, because I don't think Wayne Bennett will use him overly well, and I don't think he's as good as what people are telling me. Hudson Young's the next man, 474,000. I really love Young, but as I've said about all these guys, there are so many mouths to feed at the Canberra Raiders. I don't know how it's going to line up. I thought this kid was sensational in the finals last year. He's shown that he can play in the middle and on the edge. I know Ricky Stewart loves him, but there are a lot of more experienced guys in this team that I think will start over him. Um, I wouldn't be going too heavily on Hudson Young. I think he's a little bit 
too expensive based on what he did last season, and there'll be too many mouths there. Wade Graham, second row forward, 466,000. Uh, Wade, obviously, without without um, uh, Sean Johnson to start the season, I think you'll see Wade Graham doing a little bit more ball playing. He'll be more involved. 52-point average. I don't think he'll skyrocket above that. I thought he was really good last season, but I don't think much will change. I I, I reckon he drops as low as 48 or he goes as high as 55-point average, and I don't think there'll be much change there. Elliot Whitehead uh, comes in at 464,800. This is a guy that I'm saying to avoid next season. I think he played his best footy by far and away. I think he had 10 line breaks or something, so you think about it, 10 line breaks. There's an extra 100 points there, so... You know, he, he just got a lot of extra attacking stats that I don't think he can back that up. So I think he's a little bit overs at the moment. I think he's average 52 realistically. I think he's about a 45-point player. Happy to be proven wrong there, but Elliot Whitehead, he's a guy that I won't be going near. Kenny Bromwich uh, had a fantastic season, probably a career-high season. I think he was brilliant. Realistically, I don't think he's going to get better. I'm confident he won't get worse. I think he'll stay around the same. 461,000, 52-point average from 18 games. I think you'll get about the same in 2021 from Kenny Bromwich. Uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, this is a guy that's really interesting. If he's on that left edge outside KP, he's an absolute star. Uh, you can rely on a try every two to three weeks, probably every two weeks realistically, uh, or, or some sort of an attacking stat. But with Tyson Brazell, Mitch Barnett, a couple of other guys there, I'm not sure how it's going to pan out out for him. He might not play 80. I think he would, but I'd want to have some sort of confidence of what this team's going to look like first. Uh, Blake Laurie, I think this is a guy that I skipped over last night accidentally. He's a dual position, second row forward, front row forward. I would guess that he does start this year. I think Josh Kerr and him will be battling out for a front row spot there, unless there's someone I'm forgetting. I haven't really got the Dragons pack uh, mapped out in my head, to be honest with you. But Blake Laurie, 51-point average. He's, obviously, there's a lot of games he spent on the bench and played limited minutes last year. So he's probably like a 55-point guy. Um, I'd have to have do some more research on Blake Laurie, though. I'll leave that up to you guys. Cohen Hess, uh, 454,000, 51-point average. I don't think Cohen Hess is the footballer that we all thought he was going to be five or six years ago. Probably less than that, realistically. Uh, I'll be steering clear of Cohen Hess. I just don't trust him. He's got too many defensive issues in his game that I always worry he's, he's going to lose his spot sooner or later. Uh, Boyd Cordner, 452,000, 51-point average. I think he's becoming too much of a liability as far as concussions and injuries go, which is no insult to Boyd Cordner if... You're going to play the way he does. You're going to have injuries. You're going to have problems with your bodies. It's just the reality of how tough this bloke is. He's an avoid for me, though. Luke Thompson, dual position. That's gold. We spoke about him last night. Victor Radley, dual position. Second row forward hooker. 50-point average. I reckon he could go as high as 55. Don't see him going much lower than 45. Uh, He'll probably get a few more attacking stats next year the longer the season goes. Uh, You don't know who the halfback's going to be, so... Bit of mystery around him. I would probably be going... If you can get Radley as a hooker, I think he's a, a smooth little option there. But as a second row forward, there are probably better guys you can go for. Corey Horsburgh, we spoke about him. Second row forward, front row forward. A lot of mouths to feed there. Not sure how it's going to unfold for him. I don't think he plays as many minutes as he did last year. He's only a couple of injuries away from being a real gun like he was last year. He averaged 55, which was really impressive. Uh, Felice Cafusi. 443,900. Uh, Mr. Underrated out of Melbourne. Really like this guy. I think you'll be you'll get more of the same out of him. 50.1. 
Uh, I think that's just who Felice Cafusi is. He'll give you 50 points most weeks. Josh Jackson, uh, 49-point average. Another guy that I think you can confidently get 50 points out of him. You won't get much more. You won't get much less. You could do much worse than him. Uh, having a look down the rest of this list, guys, that are interesting. Okay, we've got Bo Firmer. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Second row forward and center wing. Once again, a lot of guys coming into this Titan system to play in the forwards. A little bit worried about him, whether he gets the minutes. Kurt Capewell, second row forward, center wing, 53 average last year. Only played six games, but, I mean, any second rower that can play in the center wings, that's sensational. I'm not sure if he will start, realistically. you got Kikau, you got Martin, you got Isaiah Yo, But when he does come on, he'll probably play 50 minutes in the middle or he'll come on for Kikau. I think he could do much worse. He's one injury away from being the best center wing in the game. So if you're in draft teams, stick him on your bench. For where I think he's going to play to start the season, probably on the bench, 423,000. It's a little bit overs for me for Classic. Um, who else is on here? Nat Butcher. Uh, 46.2, 409,000. He's a guy to keep an eye on. I think if there's one injury there, he could be a real star for the Roosters. Tyrone Peachy, second row forward, center wing. Average 45.9 last season. I haven't got his numbers in front of me, but I would say that his average towards the back end of the season would have been much higher. You're able to play him in the center wing in Supercoach, so he's gold once again. This is a guy that wears 13 for the Titans now. I've been saying it for three years that he needs to be the 13. He is now, and I think it's going to pay dividends. He's a guy that I'd be boosting up. Uh, past a 45-point average. I think he'll be a 50 to 55-point average guy this season. Um, who else is on here? Jack Bird, second row forward, center wing. If you can get Jack Bird, I would be diving on him quickly. It's a bit of a punt. I understand he's been injured. He's got a whole lot of crap going on. I get it. But I think he's going to play 13 for the Dragons. And if he's playing there and you can get him at center wing, absolute gold. He's got a lot more to offer, Greg uh, Jack Bird. Don't write him off just yet. Uh, Bryce Carwright, 372,000. Um, Bryce Carwright, I don't know where he's going to play. I don't know if he's going to make this 17. I reckon he'll probably land a bench spot. There's some really solid second rowers there. Obviously, Maddo and Sean Lane. So I don't see him starting anytime soon. But if they have a couple of injuries and you've got a Bryce Cartwright sitting on your bench, you know the story. It might pay dividends. It probably won't. I'm going to back him in to actually do a right here. I did the same thing at the Titans, though. So take it with a grain of salt. I'm a bit of a Cardi Party fan. Uh, Scotty Sorensen, 370,000. I don't think he'll find a spot in the Sharks team just yet. Um, Jackson Ford, okay, this is a guy I really like out of the St. George of the Dragons. Comes in at 361,000 with 40.8 average. I think he'll be a 55-point average second rower for the Dragons in 2021. I think he's going to earn a starting spot. I think he's going to be a star. He's got a heap of base stats, but he's also got a really good attacking game. He runs a really solid line. He's got a good offload. We haven't seen enough of it in first grade yet. I think you will this year. I'm tipping him for a breakout season. Another guy I'm tipping for a breakout season is Corey Waddell from the Canterbury Bulldogs. Granted, he's probably one in... I probably went a little bit early on him a few weeks ago when I spoke about him. He's probably one injury away from really cracking into this starting team. But when he does, I think he'll be a 50-55 point back row. I really like him. Bailey Sirenen's moved to the New Zealand Warriors. I think he goes down. I, I'm i not convinced he's going to have a spot in this starting team realistically. Um, who have we got? Joe Offengau. We spoke about him last night. A nice little smoky to watch is Andrew Davey at the Manly Seagulls. He's a guy that left Parramatta last year. He's, he's a bit of an older fellow. I've got really high hopes for Andrew Davey and I think that he's one or two injuries away from potentially breaking into that side. I'm thinking now Curtis Sirenen will start. They have got Joel Thompson that's left, so maybe there's a spot there. 
I might be shooting a blank at the moment who will be replacing him. But Andrew Davey, I think he's one to keep an eye on. Good little smoky out of the Manly Seagulls. Alex Glenn, second row forward. So he's lost center wing. That really hurts Alex Glenn. I used to like plugging him in as a little sneaky at center wing. He'd get me 40 points. I wouldn't have to worry about it. He has got a try in him. He has got an attacking stat in him. Occasionally, he'd bump me up to 60, and that was sensational. Him losing center wing, it kind of makes him irrelevant for me. He'll average 40 points in the second row. You can always do much better than 40 points there. Uh, Ben Murdoch. Machilla, we spoke about him last night. Uh, second row forward, front row forward. I think he's going to be really solid. Um, who else is on this list? Corey Harawira Naira, 302,000, 34.1 average. I think he'll get up to about a 50-point average. This will be a mid-range guy that I think most teams will have. I think he'll start in the second row for the Canberra Raiders. I think he'll have a really good year. Really excited for him. Uh, Kula Mantungi out of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Bailey Sirenen's obviously left now. He's probably one injury away from getting into this starting pack, but I don't think he'll be far away. But, of course, Wayne Bennett is his coach. We know how he treats his second rowers. So, yeah, I don't know. Tough on with Coolman's hungry. I think he's a guy with a lot of ability, though. Uh, who else have we got? Tommy Eisenhuth out of the Melbourne Storm. He's second row forward, center wing. Bit of a cock tease there. Don't think he'll start much. Won't have much impact. Uh, Jordan Ricky, a guy I really like. I, he's come from... Um, the North Devils up there. We had Rowan Smith on our podca- podcast earlier this year was talking to him about Jordan Ricky. This is a guy I really like. He's really raw. He's only played rugby league for a couple of years, but we tipped him on his debut to do good things. He was quiet that game. A few weeks later, he made a cracking line break. I think he scored a try too. It's probably boosted his value a little bit, uh, but still 277000 If he can manage to jag a starting spot in this side, it could be anything. I'm not sure if he will. Once again, a lot of mouths to feed up there, and he is pretty raw. But he's a kid to keep an eye on over the next few years. Uh, who else have we got? Johnny Asiata, second row forward, front row forward. We spoke about him last night. Uh, Corey Oates, second row forward, center wing. Corey Oates becomes interesting now. If he does play in the back row, which I can't believe they're doing, but that's the room around that they're going to. He could be a guy that you could jag um, in your center wings. He'd be really handy. Ryan James, a guy we spoke about last night, we really love. I think he's going to be a must-have at 236000 Billy Magulius, 229000 Just second row forward, but a kid that I really like. I can't believe he's not playing first grade at the moment. Depends where he lands. If he lands at St. George, I'm very worried. That's the rumor. You've got Jack Bird, Cam McInnes, Billy Magulius. That 13 jersey, it isn't big enough for three blokes. So it's a little bit of a worry there. Uh, Who else have we got? Who else is interesting? Just scrolling through here. Tane Milne, this is a guy I really like. I've tipped him for a long time to do big things. He hasn't quite delivered yet. The year he does, if he's in your draft team, you're going to be stoked. Okay, Tane Milne, second row forward, center wing. I think he'll play... Probably in the centers of South Sydney, if they have a couple of injuries, Tane will come in. You can play him in the centers in your draft team. He will average 30 base stats each and every week with attacking stats. He's got a great offload, really strong body, loves to get in and do work out of dummy half. Tane Milne, if he's not injured, he'll be a super coach star. So put him in your black book. Um, who else is on here? Egan Butcher out of the Sydney Roosters, 173,000. Probably won't play this year if they have a heap of injuries, though, or if you see them starting to get injuries or suspensions. Go and grab an Egan Butcher off the waiver wire. He is a better footballer than Nat Butcher, in my opinion, and you know how highly I rate Nat. If Egan gets into first grade, he will not look back, and he will be a star. Um, Going through the rest of these... Anyone else that stands out to me? Luca Moretti, another rooster guy. He's a guy that I coached. I don't think he'll get a gig this year, though. Zach Sadler, we spoke about him last 
Knight, second row forward, front row forward. He'd be a really good pickup. Okay, Ben Travojevic. You'd like to think that uh, that Burbo would make his debut this year. Second row forward, center wing. If he does land in the second row, he's going to be a star. I tend to think he'll land at center, to be honest with you. I've seen him play a bit of Harold Matz and SG Ball, and I think he was more of a center out there. And I think coming into first grade, I doubt they'll put him in the back row. I think he'll play center wing. Even if he does, and you've got another Travojevic in your team in the center wings, he's going to look for work. He's going to have both of his brothers playing with him. He's probably going to have a, a connection with those guys. They've still got DC. They've got four in there now. They've got handy halves. I think you could do much worse than to grab him on your bench. I wouldn't wait too long in draft, though. The last name is sitting there, and other people will be keen on him. Uh, that wraps up our forwards for Supercoach. Stay tuned. We're going to dive into our halves next. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 